Queerness is not a monolith. We are but a small representation of our fabulous community. Thoughts expressed in this podcast are meant to inform, entertain, and provide context in a world full of sound bites and chaotic headlines. The goal? To create a safe space to educate ourselves and our community, learn from our guests, and provide comfort for those out there who may not have an outlet of queer expression. This is Queer Context. Hello and welcome to Queer Context, a podcast where two queer Texans talk queer shit about queer topics in a... Yes. Queer Texas. Yeah. Well, I'm here with my co-host. He's beauty. He's grace. And if you're cute, he'll probably tie you up in lace. It's Tyler. (laughs) Depends how cute you are. (laughs) And he is the T.O. of Tacos. T.O. of (laughs) Tacos. Roger. Oh, I'm never going to live down this day that I brought dinner and... Yeah. For yourself and nobody else. <laughs> yeah. Nobody um, else. You knew we all would be here. Well, yeah, but I was so, I was just, I was really hungry and I didn't even think. I didn't think. Okay. I did not think. My ex will tell you that I just don't think of anyone else. Yeah. And that is why he's my ex. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have, we're very excited for our guest today. This mm-hmm. is one of the, when we were like putting together a list of guests for our podcast, uh, this uh individual was right up at the top of the list and um we're, we're just so excited um they are an accomplished actor director musician as well as as well as the winner of season four of dallas's the queer off you can catch her at one of her many hosting gigs moonstruck fort worth's premiere bingo and drag show at the red goose saloon sips and quips a trivia and drag show at tulips fort worth drag american rejects at shot topic in deep ellum it is the reigning Miss Gay Eyes of Texas, U.S. of A at large, the glamour punk of DFW. It is Salem Moon. No, stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Thank you. What a what a great introduction Thank that was. Thank you. <laughs> I felt like the expectations were just raised through the roof. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, yeah. We have high expectations. Great. We have high expectations. at the top of the list. It's like, <laughs> the list must be real short. Oh, <laughs> no. We, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, but, you know, we have now, I mean, gosh, we have, what, two years now that we've kind of, that we've no, all known each other. Yeah. Um, You have... Uh, done Trinity Pride now twice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, twice. The first year that you did it was the virtual was year. Virtually. Was virtually. Was very but and I will not stand for any discrediting no, of well, the no. virtual also, brides. Because also it was yours was the last video of the of the drag performances of of that video and it was you doing uh you singing yes uh Husevic. from the Eurovision song contest movie yes. Yes. yeah it was a it was a really cool time and thank you again for having me for both of those um like it's so cool <clears throat> to be like asked y'all were my first uh like pride to like actually perform at uh, in Texas mm-hmm. since I had lived here since 2017 the virtual one or last the year? virtual one so year. that was like the first time like involved with anything pride i really yeah. never got a chance to do anything so that was really cool to be able to sing for that yeah yeah, yeah. oh it just um and i just i i mean i knew the movie um i had never seen it but and again it, what we were doing for that virtual thing is it had turned into this like kind of documentary yeah. and so then i was looking for videos on, on social media of queens um and 
I saw you and and you weren't lip syncing. I mean, you were lip syncing to your vocals. Yeah. But they were your vocals. Yeah. And it fit the kind of climax that we were building up to. Oh, yes. And so we were like, that's why we Roger had a story he was telling. And um, (laughs) I love it. And yeah. And then you did it. You and then you did it this year. I did. And that was really cool, too, because. Going from doing, you know, Husavik and like doing the digital video and kind of being trapped inside my house, um, doing Trinity Pride live, uh, you know, kind live of and also on in location, like a thirty pound dress <laughs> in a thirty. It was it was probably heavier than thirty pounds. Girl, I helped you get into that dress, uh-huh. and then I saw your performance. I turned to Tyler. I was like, that thing that she is wearing is fucking heavy oh yeah and it was funny because um i was supposed to have an outfit made um and then it wasn't what exactly i ordered uh no shade um but then i i was like hey i have this outfit uh you know one of my drag sisters was like yeah my drag mother's using it you know it's hers and uh so i got it from her and then i wore it that night and i was like i've never worn this before but i remember picking it up and be like oh i'm gonna die and uh, i'm gonna be performing outside yeah (laughs) and so i said well we're you know i gotta do it i don't have any really anything else that i would really want to wear and uh so when i got on stage and put that on i was like oh my god i don't know how i'm gonna dance for like 10 minutes and i did you did and i took that off immediately when i got off stage you didn't eat just dance. Like you gave a whole moment. That finale was so magic. Oh. Uh your your moment, there were two points that I really like got verklempt and yes. started crying. One was when um Ky- cause Kylie kicked it off mm-hmm. and she was doing all the emotional Whitney numbers. Mm-hmm. And when she first went into the crowd, and yeah. I think she was still doing He's All the Man I Need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That part got me because the crowd went crazy. Right. And so that part, I started crying. And then um, the whole thing was so fabulous. But then when you started singing and you got everybody to turn their lights on, Mm -hmm. it was done. Oh, well, it was funny because, um, you know, that song, I wrote that song. It's called Paper Cut. Yeah. And it's on my album, Rough. And uh, it closes out the album. Mm -hmm. And that whole album for me was kind of like a reflection on like letting go of my past self because I've held on to it for many years as a queer person, just kind of the neglect, abuse, self-doubt, depression that I had. Mm -hmm. And Paper Cut was kind of like this idea of like, as a kid, you know, when you're queer as a kid and you don't understand what that means, you know, you like what you like. And then when people tease you or say it's wrong to like what you like, you don't understand that. So it was kind of this reflection of it and kind of... When you internalize so much. Right. And you internalize it and then it turns into just this, all these issues that you have to deal with later in life. And carry around. Right. And, you know, like a 30 pound beaded dress. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But I, I remember I wrote the song and I sang it. And when I was putting together my playlist for the performance, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to start with something that I feel like if there's kids out there that need to hear a song that mm-hmm. kind of helps them kind of understand, yeah, you're not alone, then I want to have that for them and then do the fun stuff. Right. Um, and so I was like, yeah, if people could get their lights out and do that. And when I saw the sea of like phone cameras, it was really magical for me. And it always, it always solidifies stuff like that always solidifies that I'm doing the right thing mm-hmm. in the career path I'm doing. Absolutely. Yeah. You fully accomplished what you were trying to do like one we've talked on the podcast multiple times about what queer what pride means mm-hmm. in communities like mm-hmm. this when we're in texas we're in communities like fort worth where we don't always see our our queer family mm-hmm. around right um that that hour brought the magic it's crazy of 
cried. Like that that hour mm-hmm. of when everybody was up on the stage and yeah. you had everybody. You had the full breadth of the community. Right. That's you so had cool. the different <laughs> the different parts of the city, yeah. the different ages, the families, the singles, the whatever. And you guys just you made it magic. It was you made so it beautiful. Good. And so also good. just there were I mean, there were a lot of these people that, you know, going to a bar to see a drag show was not part of their nor their, their norm yeah yeah and so so also being able to bring that kind of art form you know a, a very uniquely queer art form to to them in a in a space of celebration yeah. was really great and uh girl i go through there are times when i go through the day yeah. and sometimes we'll be like Kitty girl, kitty girl, meow, meow. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh! I heard that song because you know, uh, Grad Queen won Queen of the Universe this season one, and uh, she released that song. And I remember hearing it and being like, oh, "This has got to go in my Pride mix." Yeah, um, it is. And, it and, is in my Pride. Yeah. It is in. It is in my. I have added it to my. So my 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 boys from New York City. We're going to P Town. Yeah. It is in our P Town 2022. Yeah. Playlist. Come on, you better. It's just every time I hear that part, kitty cat, meow, meow. Yeah, and every everyone, time. everyone always loses it in that video too. Um, my mom recorded front row, like she usually does at shows, yeah. and she shared it with me, and I was just like, everyone just started losing their mind. <laughs> Wait, like, your, that's the reaction. Was your mom at Trinity Pride? Yeah, my mom and dad both were. They were front oh. row. They had Salem Moon shirts on, um, and then my partner also was there too. Yeah, oh, I love yeah. That. They've they've come to. They just moved to Texas uh, back in February. Okay, and uh, they have missed they were like tired of missing everything since i've lived here because they are my biggest fans like since day one i've never had an issue gratefully with my family when it came to like my queer self and my self-discovery and you know it was hard still you know i knew that they were supportive growing up but it was more like the fear still you know of not knowing what that yeah will you know do and i remember when i came out years and years ago um my mom was like you know, we've known and we're not going to change, you know, how we feel about you. And they've been to every musical I've been in, every show I've been in, every mm-hmm. convention that I've, they've been able to drive to or fly to. Um, and Where then every they drag show. Before? They, uh, so we were all originally from Seattle. Okay. okay. Um, and then we moved to Palmdale, California. I lived in Palmdale. Really? I lived in Palmdale for like seven or eight years. Yeah. My older sister lives in Palm- L- Lancaster. Yeah, but, Lancaster. I lived in Lancaster in for Palmdale. two years. Yes. Yeah. I have family in Little Rock. I have family in Little Rock. My dad taught uh, ROTC at Little Rock High School and, for years. Okay. And then also my brother lives in Quartz Hill. Like, yeah. I, I, I was started as an LA child actor. So we lived in California okay. for a while. So, yeah, I was born in Los Angeles. Oh, okay, cool. We lived in California till I was 10. Yeah. Um, but that last year that we lived in California, we lived in Palmdale. Yeah, Palmdale. Yeah, it's definitely like the Afro Man song. To Marshall, Texas. <laughs> definitely, really? definitely like the Afro Man song. Uh, all that awful stuff that happens in Palmdale. But uh, I was just there in April for my niece's, uh, for my uh, older niece, el- eldest niece. Eldest. My eldest niece's eldest. first communion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Palmdale. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, my God. We, okay, yeah. so, so, so guys, I was just saying, we, we yeah. moved from Palmdale, and then my uh, dad got a job in uh, Reno, Nevada. And that's where I usually call home when people are like, where are you from? I okay. say Reno because um, I lived there for like 10, 11 years yeah. mm-hmm. um, and went to high school, college, everything there, made a name for myself there. And uh, so they they retired from the army and like they retired fully uh, around that time. So they moved to Arizona, uh, Phoenix. So that's where they've been for the past like six years. So when I moved to Texas in 2017, they were like, "Okay, well, we'll, you know, come visit us in Arizona. We'll come visit you. 
And finally, my dad and my mom were like, we're tired of missing every drag show, so we're going to move. Oh, my God. So they moved. And they've been at, like, most of them, they're my prize sponsor for Moonstruck Drag Bingo every Sunday. Um, And they are, like... They, it's funny. My mom has become basically my merch manager, like, and my dad. So we like, she orders all these shirts and she's like, go get them printed, go get them printed and go pick them up. And yes. then we're going to sell yes. them. And she has an mailing yep. list. So she has all my flyers. So she mails people out like my flyers and stuff. That's awesome. Now yeah. I've met your mother. Yes. Met very briefly, but <laughs> yeah. I have met your mother. Um, What brought you to the Fort, Dallas Fort Worth area? So uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I've been acting my whole life. Yes. Um, when I was six, I started music actually first. Uh, we uh, choir, uh, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, as I we're like, all grew choir up, boys, and- yeah, hello, <laughs> and we really were. And I remember my first time ever performing on stage. I was an angel in a little kindergarten choir play, and um, I spilled an entire soda onto my white outfit before the show. So I didn't go on stage in a uh, full white outfit. It was backwards and like inside out, and I was so upset. And uh, so ever since then, I was like, I'm never going to have that happen again. (gasps) So I started performing more and uh, Mm -hmm. I uh, started in L.A. Uh, I was a uh, L.A. actor. We were a part of a program called Hollywood Launch, which was a in Riverside, California, right near Los Angeles. And basically it was a training camp, like a 13 week training camp for um, kids that could be on Disney, Nickelodeon, MTV, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, I was in a boy band with Ross Lynch from Austin Alley and Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, You're whoa, learning all wait, these things about wait, me. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Yes. <laughs> Ross Lynch. Ross Lynch. And his, all of his brothers and his sister, we all went to the same studio at the same time, and I was in a boy band with him and Ryland. Uh, we were called the Heartbreakers, and it was awesome. And they were my closest friends until I moved to Reno. Because <laughs> obviously, you know... Yeah, you separate for a while, uh-huh. and then you yeah. get as popular as he was. Yeah, and he is. So yeah, yeah. I was a little twelve-year-old boy in a boy band with Ross Lynch. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and then uh, once I moved to Reno, uh, I started pursuing musical theater. Okay. And I did went to high school, college for it. I was on dance team, swim team, mm-hmm. did everything. Toured with a rock band that I fronted as a singer. I'm going to insert yeah. the off-topic thing. Yes. What'd you swim? Because I was a swimmer too. Um, I was backstroke. And then I was also freestyle. Me too. Yeah. And then I was also surprisingly, it was my least favorite stroke, but I actually was really good at it. It was butterfly. Um, that was punishment. I hated butterfly. Whenever my coat, whenever I like lip off to my coach yeah. or something, he'd be like, cool, you're doing butterfly oh, this weekend. That's literally, that's what I hated. <laughs> why, it was always wow. punishment. Like nobody wanted no to, do, wanted it. to no. do butterfly. Backstroke, backstroke, I was really good at. Freestyle I was very good at, but yeah. butterfly, they'd be like, yeah, go do butterfly. I'm like, ugh. And then I would end up doing really well, but I, um, but yeah, I was on swim team, dance team. Uh, and then I had a band, I was doing all types of stuff. And right at my senior year of high school, um, I decided to kind of switch paths from like the Broadway bound stuff. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to learn how to, I kind of want to dabble in voiceover work. Um, so I, I kind of like did some research, networked, uh, Mm -hmm. online and at, you know, conventions. And finally, um, back in, 2016 about um i had already been like doing voiceover work for like four years Mm -hmm. online so like video games and stuff and finally um someone from funimation had reached out to me at a convention and they were like you have a demo reel and i was like yeah i was like i want to come work with y'all at some point yeah and originally la was where i was going to move back to because i was like i've been there i know what it's like and that's where i need to be yeah so uh 
after they kind of brought me in, I had a convention appearance in Texas in 2016. And I kind of like got to tour Funimation, which is now Crunchyroll. And um, I uh, thought to myself, I'm like, I think I'm going to move to Texas. So I moved to Texas. I sold like everything I had and came to Texas with like $600 to my name. Off a convention. Off a, like off a convention. And uh, I came here and I started my voiceover career, and that's what happened. I've been here ever since. Wow. What grabbed you? I It just was the fact that, like, a company had given me an uh, an opportunity. Yeah. You know, I got to tour the place, and usually when you tour, you're just watching. And I was like, that's yeah. great. So is Funmation yeah. slash Crunchyroll, are they here? Yeah, they're in uh, Capel. They were originally okay. in Flower Mound. Um, Dallas before that, but right. now they're in Capel. Um, and what what do they... Uh, so you mentioned conventions yes. even earlier. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I'm assuming you've done a, a, several of them now. Yes. So, but what, what, um, what does the, I'm going to just go on a limb and say, I probably have never heard any of these things. That's but, okay. But what does a Funmation country will do? Like, they, what is, they dub, uh, Japanese anime. Um, so they English dub those shows and present them to the masses on streaming channels. Okay. So like Netflix, Hulu, all that stuff. They even have their own service, obviously Crunchyroll. Um, but uh, basically, uh, I go in. And I've been doing voiceover work for ten years now. Um, and basically, what we do is we go in, we get the Japanese animation, they remove the Japanese dialogue, they adapt it into English, and then we act as the characters and basically cast all these things and. Um, I go to conventions and actually I just got back from Oklahoma and I signed a bunch of autographs for characters I play in shows and oh my all God, that. I yeah. Love Salem, that. I know you're I, I like I knew you were talented because we've <laughs> seen you. We've seen you actually live talented. This is the tell all This is why we wanted you on is because we exactly. knew that there was like shit we didn't know. Yeah. We wanted also, to know. <laughs> yes, but also like, you know, I mean we've we've talked about, I mean, we don't have to delve to it right at this exact moment. Yeah. But like We've talked about how you're like, you know, yes, I, I do this. I do drag. I perform. But what excites me about what I do in drag is not necessarily kind of what like this area's yeah. views is like what that drag is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, coming from a performing background, like entirely before even touching drag, because mm -hmm. I started drag in 2015 um, or sorry, 2016. So like right mm -hmm. near the end of the year. And uh I didn't take it seriously till I moved here because I literally moved here with like $600 to my name and said, okay, I'm going to get my job back at GameStop because I was a mm -hmm. store manager back in Reno. Okay. And so I was like, oh, this is the hub for GameStop. I walked right into the store nearest my house that I moved into. I said, do you have an opening? I'll take anything. I need a job because <laughs> yeah. I have zero money. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we actually just lost someone. So I was like, perfect timing for me. Um, so literally I'd Come work. on, GameStop yeah. queen. Hello. And <laughs> I was there for a while. Like the whole time I lived here, I didn't quit until recently. One of my best friends from high school. Oh my gosh. Okay. Who, who lives here. Yes. And he's also a voice actor. Okay. He was the, um, the on-screen, um, so I guess GameStop had their GameStop own... GameStop TV? Yes. I was a GameStop TV correspondent Chris. as well. Oh, Chris. you were? Chris. Chris I know Chris, yeah. Chris Burnett? <laughs> yeah. You know Chris Burnett? Yeah, I do, yeah. I literally took over for him after he left. <gasps> yeah. Chris Burnett and I went to high that school together. So funny. Chris Burnett and I were up for Applegate and Damn Yankees. Oh my gosh, Applegate. <laughs> I did that show in high school. Really? I did. He got it. He's a much better actor. <laughs> he took... One of the things that I did in the auditions that killed, right. he took it. But before he did and did it on stage, he asked me if I could. And I was like, absolutely, yes. 
He's much, he's he's awesome. No, he's great. <laughs> I don't know why I felt the need to bring up Damn Yankees. No, Clearly, it's still an issue with it's me. Still, it was deep-rooted deep that you just unlocked. But he is he is the president of the straight brigade. I have I have so many, like, so, so close straight boys from high school yeah. and college. Yeah, And same. I call them my straight brigade. I love that. And But he is, he is the president of that. Yeah, I literally did. I'm going to text, like yeah, literally please. I texted with him. might not even remember who I am, honestly, because he was, he came in, I watched him for years on TV and then he was doing stuff at Funimation as well as I was. Uh-huh. And then uh, I started doing, I was a correspondent on GameStop TV right after they replaced like a bunch of people on there. So I was the new group. So I don't know if we ever actually like interacted more than like 30 seconds, but I know who you're talking about. He, he literally like, I would walk into a GameStop in New York City. Yeah. Just because I see him on the TV. Yeah. And like I would text him. And so like when we'd hang out and, and stuff. So like he, him and Jay Gilliam and I, like all three, like we were really, really tight in high school. Um, But he would tell me, he's just like, Roger, I, I'm faking my way through it. Like, I'm like, I have no idea what it is that I've reported. Yeah. And that's, sometimes. that's really kind of like the truth of it anyway. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, uh. I didn't take drag seriously till I got here with GameStop and uh, I was in a play. So I was, I was like, I'm going to do theater while I'm there too. Make a name for myself in the theater yeah, scene. Yeah. Get established. Um, yeah, because I was like, I need to start making ground right away. And I'm very much a business person in that. If any of y'all could tell, I work so much. Um, but uh, I was doing a show next to normal over in Grapevine. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my friends was like, hey, I'm going to S4 for like this talent night on Thursday. Like, you should come with me. And I was like, I don't even, I have drag stuff, but like I've never performed in drag and mm -hmm. so he's like just do your makeup put on a costume and just go do it and mm -hmm. i went and it was an awful performance uh i tripped over my own shoes it was great on the rose room stage uh, was this rising star oh yeah yeah it was rising star and um i remember i walked backstage i had 11 dollars in my hand and i said i can eat tonight and i said mm -hmm. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I think I'm gonna start pursuing this a little bit more. And I started doing stuff with North Texas Drag Bingo. Okay. And I did like shows like once a month with them and then it became more frequent. And then I met my drag mother, Kiana Lee. And uh she kind of was like Hey, props to Kiana. Yeah. Shout out to Kiana. Hey Kiana. Yeah, Kiana literally was like, come like do talent at 1851. And I so I did. And then she was like, You're gonna be my drag daughter. And Rest is basically yeah history. So yeah, that's that why is, <laughs> that is a great well. And great plus, pre, on top of like, that pre like great bio. Yeah, like, listen. I mean, you go from. I mean, I to get established. Just, I mean, girl, you clued in with Kiana, yeah. and now you're the eyes of Texas. Yeah, which girl. is which is a very very honor. Like a big honor in itself because you know it's Whitney Page's oh, moniker. Yeah. So like I was I wasn't gonna fangirl no. on Whitney Page because <laughs> I realized some of the drag girls who didn't know her get tired of it. But like I I was lucky enough when I moved back to be around when Whitney Page was. I wish I could have been here. She I, I, was a full. You know who Whitney Page is? I do not know. Okay. Oh, Eyes of Texas. Eyes of Texas. Whitney Page was a drag queen. Um, she was based out of. I mean, I don't know. I think she kind of called Little Rock home, but it was mm -hmm. like out of Little Rock in Fort Worth. And so she'd split her time weekly. Weekly. Like every week she oh, would wow. do like like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday in Fort Worth. And then in Little Rock, they had a theater show, mm -hmm. theater drag. Because Little Rock is supposed to be the home of female impersonation. Yeah. They just did the 50th anniversary of Miss Gay America. Yeah. Last in January. So there. She was part owner of a theater there that would sell out two shows a night, four nights a week yeah, of wow. drag. 
And so she would do shows there and then come to Fort Worth and do shows at the drag at, at the Rainbow Lounge. The Rainbow, Rainbow Lounge. Lounge. Um, also, let me just say, Whitney brought the dancers. Yeah, she did. Before we talk about Whitney as a person, <laughs> Whitney, the dancers then, I have not seen dancers like there were then. Yeah. Because she was bringing men to town. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> She was bringing the men's to town. <laughs> but she um, was a full, just a full character. She was a full body, full bodied person. She's entertainer. Probably six, three. Yeah. Okay. Um, big bosomed woman. But when she looked at you, the re that's why the title is the eyes of Texas. When okay, she looked yeah. at you, you, there's nothing you could do but be entranced. Yeah. And then her performances, it it, it would sh captivate, captivating. Yeah. This is so, so great. I mean, and this is, it's so, it's like history. Yeah. I mean, without sounding so blah, but, um, you know. Yeah. I, think I, I would never have known. Well, I think a lot known. of people need to know about Whitney's legacy and a bunch of entertainers' legacy. You know, we just lost Fantasia, too. Um, and she was incredible and again someone that i've seen perform from a distance and so when i moved here and you know the first bar besides like 1851 like urban cowboy was one of my mm -hmm. homes and i did their competition the three there and won that mm -hmm. um and i remember some people told me like you remind me of whitney and i was like well, who's whitney page and they have their little light up of her eyes and her makeup like yes. on the wall in there. Yes. And ever since then, I've just been trying to learn more and more. I've watched old pageant videos. Okay. And yes. Kiana's obviously been close. And So um, I'm, a, yeah. I'm assuming Whitney Page is no longer with us? No. She passed away, I want to say, in 2011? Uh, I think uh. it was, yeah. I think it was 11 or 12. Ooh, taco delivery. Oh, taco Thank time. You. <laughs> since Roger left me out. Stop it. That, that 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 I'm just eating that my was, diet of truly. That was that was hot <laughs> like producer a lady. Paul. <laughs> Thank you, Paul, producer Paul. Um, yeah, she's she's no longer with us, but um, you know her legacy still stays behind. So they actually created at Urban the Eyes of Texas pageant for okay. US of A, and uh, yeah, I won the at large this recent time, and I'm competing in October for the state title of Miss Gay Texas US of A at large. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then after that would be Miss Gay US of A at large. <laughs> so what's the difference between what did Kylie just win? Uh, Texas America. So America is a little bit more about the female impersonation okay. and just basically the transformation of it all. It's based around the idea of the America system, like Miss America itself. Okay. So um, they're looking for female impersonation. It's very strict, very structured. Mm -hmm. US of A is a little bit more creative. Mm -hmm. Not to say that America isn't, but um, it's got a little bit more of a... Um, looser meaning mm -hmm. to what you can do in yeah. the US of A system. Yeah. Um, so whereas there is a point system in America where it's like you get points, points mm -hmm. docked, points, thing like that. It's more of a comparative thing in US of A. So during like evening where you'll all come out at the end of everyone's walking and you compare against each other and you get scored from like, you know, one to 22 or 24. Um, so it's really just dependent on preference. Right, right. Um, but yeah, that's I mean, US of A system. Okay. And it's, uh, I bring the dancers and bring in the dancers in October. Yes. Hey. Uh -huh. So um, it's been, it is very interesting to me to be down here mm -hmm. where the uh, the pageant world is, you know, it's, it's very predominant oh, yeah. down here where in New York City, it's, um, you know, um, club kids, club kids, uh, chorus boys. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, yeah. 
the alter the the Brooklyn drag, which I love. Yes, I got the chance, the opportunity to perform at Bushwig. Uh, Bushwick. I I went yeah. to Bushwig for the first time, my last summer that I lived there. Yeah, and my friend Jay and I went, and we loved it. Yeah, they and- booked me for the tenth anniversary, which was weird because I didn't think I would be asked to go, mm-hmm. and uh, I just submitted some stuff, and they were like. <laughs> it's so funny. So I'm I'm literally like looking for the cast list. Didn't get an email, nothing. So I was like, cool. I'm like, probably wasn't picked. I wasn't expecting to be. And they put the like uh stage like lineup. And on like the Sunday, it was like Sunday at like 8 p.m. It's like Salem Moon. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, and I so I emailed them. I was like, hey, I didn't get like an, a confirmation mm-hmm. or like a welcome letter. Is that like me, am I performing virtually or am I there? And like, oh no, you're going to be in New York. So I had to buy a plane ticket like three weeks out yep. and be like, let's fly. And so my mom and dad got a hotel and we all went and oh I performed God. on the Bushwick stage with some like legendary people. That's insane. Bushwick, yeah. Bushwick is so fun. We went on day two in 2019 mm-hmm. and um, we got there maybe, I don't know, maybe like three o'clock and stayed till like nine. Yeah. And uh, like we saw Mary Cherry, yep. Um, you know Bunny, yep. Of course. So, I mean, I and I know Bunny, so yeah. that, that's that's great. But then, um, so many we saw like a, a burlesque kind of yeah. troupe, but um, with uh, with um, gosh, I can't think. Barshland was it Suzanne Barsh? I don't know if it was okay because I was gonna say like she was incredible mm-hmm. when I was there just recently, right. and of course Amanda Lepore was there as yep. well. Yep. Um, so, so that was incredible. How it's was insane. um, yeah. How was Salem born? Like, what brought Salem out? Like, what? Um, how do we get to Salem? The need of money and desperation. <laughs> Listen, <No>. honey. <laughs> Listen, honey. Yeah, look. This is a this is a safe space, and I think a lot of us <laughs> have done things yes. for money and desperation. Um, no, I. Uh, you know, kind of going back to that S four moment, I literally went on that stage and like looked at my hand. I had eleven dollars and ate that night, and felt like. It was an instant gratification thing at first. I was like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I can do my talents of like dancing and stuff and lip syncing and yep. get better at it. But then I realized I could sing in drag and people like that because, <laughs> you know, there's there's such a with Drag Race and Dragula and all the stuff going on. There's such a, a mainstream call for drag now that like it's very, very populated mm-hmm. um, and polluted a lot mm-hmm. because you there's you can hit a, you know, throw a dart and there's a drag queen or a drag Absolutely. performer. And so finding your niche is really important. Well, and down here, yeah. apparently singing live is a, is a special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I knew from going to other places, mm-hmm. it's all over. Like in New York, especially. Listen, we should yeah. all take a trip to New York on yeah. a Saturday night. We will go to Albatross and Astoria yep. because uh, my friend suddenly Seymour. <laughs> and if you don't get that, get an education. I Please. stole that from her. She just put it on the on the Facebook. Um, <laughs> what essentially she would do Saturday nights at Albatross, 11 p.m. The bitch would sing yeah. live. Right. Do lip syncs, mixes, mixes, literally everything. And it it wasn't a drag show. It was more like a cabaret. Right. And I love that. Performance. Yeah. I mean, Sonnen herself would say the exact says yeah. the exact same thing. And I uh I don't mean this to sound bad because I, I I recognize that all all forms of drag is valid and you know, in different parts of the country yeah. is different, you know? Yeah. So I mean what I grew I mean, I moved to New York when I was 18 years old. Yeah. And lived there till I was 30. 
six, seven, 30. I'm 40 now. So I, I moved back We're to like 28. I'm 37. Um, so I, that is what I. Right. You're used, used to it and you I'm see it. I'm used to it. So when I come down here, the fir- when I came back down, I was like, oh, that's right. This is, this is different. Which is weird because like I, I was, you know, I, my education from drag early on before I started like doing it in Texas was like, you know, pop culture, cinema, mm-hmm. you know, Tu Wong Fu. Uh, Birdcage, stuff like that. And then, of course, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Right. And then, of course, Drag Race came along. And I was like, oh, well, there's not really, like, people sing. But there was always this kind of like, well, if you're not that great of a singer, you shouldn't do it. So I remember, you know, I have a very unique voice. Um, it's higher than most <laughs> guys who mm-hmm. sing mm-hmm. do. And so I remember I was like, I'm going to, you know, sing some musical theater and see what people think. Yeah. And I remember I did it once at a show and people were like, you can really sing and like, you should do that more and like your Mm -hmm. shows. So I started incorporating in stuff and then eventually uh, it's kind of become what I'm known for. And people like walk, I'm like, Oh my God, you have such a great voice. Girl, there are worse things you could be known for. Hello there. I mean, we'll get into that. No, later. Um, But no, um, what's funny was the first time I kind of like really realized it was like Kennedy Davenport. Um, (laughs) I was doing the queer off and it was the first night and my talent was singing. So I went out and sang, uh, always remember us this way from stars born and original key, everything. Um, and I came upstairs. I can't, yeah, humble brag. Uh, I, that's like the one thing I humble brag about. I was like, original key always. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I went upstairs to get changed for my runway and she came up to me and she's like, I just love your voice. Like, I just want to let you know that. And she's heard me sing before. So <laughs> this is like maybe the fourth or fifth time she's heard me, but she's like, seriously, like nothing like it. And I was like, Ah, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's because com- it's not even the novelty of oh you just heard me sing it's like oh yeah. you've heard me sing, sing a few times yeah. and you're still a fan yeah. and still a fan <laughs> so i i yeah i mean salem kind of came to be from this idea that i wanted to bring both my worlds together because i feel like i was missing something mm-hmm. um with being in a place like reno for so long and kind of having the trauma i did there and coming to start anew I was like, I want to tap into all my creativity that was kind of stifled by past relationships and kind of my environment. And um, so Salem came to be and I kind of started developing this idea of like, I want to bring in like my punk love and my rock and roll love that right. I have. And she's but a also, witch. And she's a witch. She's and, a witch. And, she's in, and she's anime and she's fun and yeah. she's over the top. And so I created this monster um, <laughs> that has now taken over my life. Uh, you know, obviously I have no eyebrows she's a now. gorgeous um, monster. Once I shaved my eyebrows off, I said, that's it. She's, no, I've she's seen, here. I have, real. I have seen Salem come to life. Yes. And we actually have video of it. Unfortunately, we were not able to I, use it. I was it. waiting to see. Yeah. yeah In we, my head, I was like, oh, the footage was awful we're for try, me. We're trying to pull that raw footage together still <laughs> yes um uh i've seen her come to life yeah and it's <laughs> it's 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 great it is fascinating i think one of the one of the wonderful things that trinity pride has brought into my life is kind of meeting is meeting you oh. and meeting and uh i mean because now we've done a couple of things together yeah i mean a couple of weeks ago you amphibian stage. You did an, my last event at amphibian oh, stage, yeah. and you here you go. Oh, here we go. That, here oh, this you was go. intentional. This was a setup. <laughs> yeah. This was, this was the this is the can of worms uh-huh. that was being opened right now. Uh, but Tyler, okay. But before y'all we get distracted there. me with tacos, like I wasn't gonna remember <laughs> when Salem gave me a seven when I threw my body on the floor. <laughs> it was an 
accident. I put my body on the floor. Listen, I blame Palos. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Because <laughs> For let me what? so let me tell you what happened. Well, so that we can squash this beef. <laughs> so honestly, this is why we brought you. I know. On the I was podcast. like, damn, just squash the beef. Tyler's like, get it on the record now. So um, we're doing this voguing contest to pick, you know, materials, and um, there's three teams. There's three not teams. Not a lick of voguing among us. Right. None. But, you know, we have these cards from 5 to 10, and uh, so we're going down the line. Which and, are used for scoring. Right, for scoring, yes. <laughs> and so I, don't Paolo's, know if, I don't know if you've used no, them I don't, before. I don't, I don't think I have. Okay, uh, all but right. But Paolo's... <laughs> girls, uh, girls. You're both on, pretty. On your calm side, down. Yes. <laughs> so Paolo's uh, was like, yeah, we're going to do it in this order. So I watched, and I was like, cool. So he's going to go down the line in that order. So then he decides he's going to go out of order. Mm-hmm. So he goes straight down the line instead of back and forth like y'all did. So mm-hmm. the score I gave for second was actually supposed to be for the team that ended up picking stuff. They were supposed to get the seven. You were mm-hmm. supposed to get the 10. Mm-hmm. So I put up the score thinking that he said y'all's name. And then I realized you looked at me and you were saying this stuff. I was like, did I just give the wrong score? What happened? And then I realized then your team was called up. It's like, he changed the order on me. I was me. watching in real time yeah. going... Oh, that's not what she meant to do. No, I was like, I want to switch it. But then at that point, I was like, ooh, that'd be bad. So unfortunately- I put my body on the floor. You did. And that's why you had a 10, literally a real 10. And if we could go back and I could fix it, I would totally give you that 10. But unfortunately, (laughs) he read it out of order. So if you are going to be mad at anyone- Girl. <laughs> Blame the Girl. straight guy. It's the straight guy's fault. Literally, literally. <laughs> I was on stage. You walked in though in that bodysuit. Uh, that stone bodysuit. Oh, that stone yes. bodysuit. And that you sang when you it was, <laughs> what did you sing again? Lizzo. Um, I, yeah, because I, I, I love you. you. Yeah. Straight in way out on that and, microphone. About damn time. About damn time. Um, but also your voice sounded so like crystal clear. <laughs> oh yeah. You were very I and the people, the the um, the older subscribers of of Amphibian Stage, yeah. and there was a there was a good mix, a good mix, yeah, there was a good mix. But the older subscribers of Amphibian Stage that were there supporting this was the opening night of Sparkfest, yeah. three weeks of play readings and workshops and events of, of, of creativity and imagination, and um, they were pulling me aside while while the three teams were creating these costumes out of materials around the theater, these older subscribers were like, I love Salem Moon. Oh, good. I love (laughs) Salem Moon. Well, it's so funny because I've been really popular um, amongst a lot of the older crowd because, and and I've always been that way even when I didn't do drag because I I kind of was very, I've always been mature beyond my years. Mm -hmm. For myself, uh, I grew up very much in a military household and grew up around like oldies, old music and everything like that. So when I got into like middle school, high school, college and stuff, I already had this like kind of like pop culture knowledge right. that I pulled from to make references right. for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your point of references right. were, were vast. Right. And so, you know, I grew up around musician wise. I grew up around like the Motown and Aretha Franklin and Etta James mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, Michael Jackson and all this stuff that really kind of influenced how I sing. And then with the theater training, you know, I always did all this stuff where people would come up to me afterwards like, oh my gosh, your voice is just like so classic sometimes. And I'm like, I can change it. And that's what I do. So when I started doing drag, I had a show um, where I did basically all live singing drag queens. And it was Mm -hmm. just a cabaret review show very much like you would see in New York. Um, And I'm bringing it back. We're here for that. I'm bringing it back. So just stay tuned for that because I I miss doing it. But 
we would have people come in and just spend a night at candlelight and just listen to us sing Broadway tunes. And, yes. and I remember people, I got a necklace out of it. This lady was probably, she said, I think she was celebrating her 74th birthday. Okay. And she had this huge, like Sam moon, like pearl necklace. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Like pearl because necklace when with, I'm 74, I hope I also am wearing costume jewelry. Right. It's very, it was very much like she either bought it on Amazon, said this is gorgeous. <clears throat> or someone said this was like high couture, <laughs> but, um, it was and so, it went with the outfit, I'm Right, sure. it was so pretty. It was like, you know, pearlescent. It had like AB stones. And I was like, I gave her a comment at the beginning of the show. I said, oh my God, I love your necklace. It's going to end up in my bag by the end of the night. Mm -hmm. And she was laughing. And then after I sang, she said, I just want to give this to you. <gasps> and she gave it to me. I was I like, like, no, that. you don't have to give that to me. She's like, no, because I want to give like, it to it you. <laughs> I was like, it was a bit. And she's uh -huh. like, no, I'm giving it to you because you're so talented. But also I'm going to come back to see the show and celebrate my birthday because, like, her birthday was the following week. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, I'm going to come back, and I want you to wear that when you perform. And so I still have it in my costume jewelry, jewelry yes. like, area. But Aww. it was so cool. So I, I get that. And that really means a lot, because um, when I sing, I, I just try to be as good as I can be. Yeah. And hopefully people like it, and we go from there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so talk to me, mm -hmm. us, about... Um, so you posted on the social meds uh, yes. about two of your friends. Yes. And um, I, I guess for a little bit of context, uh, the LGBTQ community is being dragged all over the place yeah. for many things because... Um, you know, we're very popular in the culture wars. We really, we really are. I think we're really... Everybody just wants to be us. Everyone just wants to be it's us. It's very jealous. And, uh, it's giving jealousy. It's giving it's jealousy. Giving it's giving jealousy. <laughs> and um, current, one of the current things that are happening is that um, drag queens are being... Uh, targeted. Targeted for performing uh, for drag queen story hour for drag brunches yeah. for literally performing in spaces where there are children like yes. parks restaurants wherever yes. and so yeah. you you just had two of your friends um kind of uh were the target of uh protests or what, what were they exactly <laughs> a protest would have been like peaceful and fun um that was not a protest that was definitely a targeted thing mm -hmm. so basically um i get a phone call one night uh from a friend of mine and she's sending me screenshots of like tweets and instagram stories of people in the media just like doxing her sending people their address full names license plate where huh. they go. And I was like, what is going on? And she says, I was performing at this show at Mr. Mister. And, um, which is, which is a, a bar, bar in, Dallas. in Dallas. And, um, they were doing a charity event for all ages. It was like a brunch for all ages. So families could bring their kids. And it was a great time. Like nothing inherently sexual, anything provocative was going on. And these are two fantastic performers in the community that were a part of this show. Um, and a gentleman came in. I'm sorry. Do, uh, do you feel comfortable saying oh, yeah. the uh, Ariel Diamond Doll and uh, Noelle Sinclair. Okay. okay. Um, and it was hosted by N Nicole O'Hara Monroe. Um, yeah. And it was a great uh, mm -hmm. turnout. It was a fantastic show. And uh, this gentleman came in and he basically kind of like tricked them into interviewing. It was like an interview saying, hey, so how do you feel about the event? And, you know, these kids... And I say these kids, you know, I'm only 27, so I can't really say these kids, but they're mm -hmm. much younger than me when they are starting in the drag scene. And um, 
came up to him and you know, you don't know better when it comes to accepting interviews from certain people. Right. Um, so if it were my situation, been like, yeah, like what is this for before yeah, we start? Who are you? Yeah, who yep. are you? Let me see credentials. But you know, in the moment, you it's pride. We're celebrating one another and we're having a moment. So came up and interviewed them and was basically asking him, like, so how do you feel about the, you know, the situation? Do you encourage like children to get into drag? And they're answering, like, yeah, I think it'd be great to express themselves and express their creativity yeah, and be who they you are. Express yourself, express so they yourself. took it and they basically like cut all this stuff together. And oh. turned it into oh, this no. twisted thing saying, do you see these nasty pedophiles and like perverts that are manipulating kids? No. And so they basically revealed all their full names, all their like locations. Oh and God. one of my friends literally had to change all social media and they couldn't even come to Dallas because they had released their license plate yeah. um, publicly. So they had to go to the DMV and change their license plate. And they couldn't perform for like a week and a half because they were scared to come to Dallas. And this individual um, posted all over Twitter. And then, of course, Tucker <clears throat> Carlson and all these people got a hold of it. And then it turned into this big thing where legislation said, we're going to ban children from going to any drag events. And so at that point, of course, it was my friend. So I was already offended and pissed. Yeah. yeah. But then when I saw this was at the same time as Uvalde that happened. Yeah. So, and like all these school shootings. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you're going to, and they, they, they literally use the words that these people are dangerous to children. And I remember I said to my family, because we were all watching it go down. I said, mm -hmm. I can't believe that we were at a point where we're trying to blame drag queens for being dangerous to children when people are getting shot. Yeah. And yeah. when literally we're not doing anything about the literal right. dangers to children. Actual... But the, the proposal for legislation was in a day. Oh, yeah. For drag queens to be banned from, you know, kids events. And I said, how is this a thing? So I remember I basically like reached out to both of them. I said, y'all need to stop responding. You need to stop egging them on. Because mm -hmm. there, <laughs> there were two approaches to this. One was like, I'm going to completely go silent and kind of back away. And the other one was like taking screenshots and being like, y'all are just so sad. I'm like, but that's the thing. They want to get a rise out of you. They Absolutely. want to do yeah. this. If you're engaging with them, that's what they and want. And I said, at that point, if they're threatening you and stuff like that, you need to stop. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at that point, I said, I'm going to make sure that people know. Because I have I have drag family. Um, I have a drag child who is 14. And drag saved his life. Uh, he mm. literally credits that, like, he went through a lot. Mm -hmm. And when he came to my show, he was very excited. And I made him part of the Moon family. And he's an amazing performer. He's in musical theater right now yes. and he's doing a lot of great stuff. So hearing like someone like him is in danger because of drag when it saved his life, mm -hmm. that really triggered something in me to just like. Well, because you're giving kids a space outside of those two lanes. Exactly. That they've given yeah. And I, and I met a, I met a family who came to my drag bingo and we celebrated their fifth birthday party doing my show. And I gave them a whole table with a bunch of candy on it on the table, and they sat because, down. Because let's be honest, yeah, not to diminish it, but hey. you're clowns. Yeah, we are. Drag queens are we clowns. really are. I mean, I mean it's what it's what, <laughs> Bianca, it's what see, Bianca says, right? Say, do you see how many make how much makeup I put on? I'm a clown. Yeah, um, babies love it. Yeah, and yeah. they and but they came in full drag with heels and everything because they no! because the, their yes. kid their kid is like so they're like I want to be a drag queen when I grow up, mm -hmm. and like. It's theater. It's art. It's it's it's, it's listen, performance. It's performance. I. It is, I, I like I said, uh, Blue's been on the show before, and it's yeah. one of the craziest, coolest things that I've gotten to see is them evolve into an artist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to see them pre-drag, pre-that artistry, yeah. and then to see it all flow out of them. Yeah. With drag, you're seeing people's 
their makeup artistry. Yeah. yeah. Their their <clears throat> their costuming. Their right. con- conceptualization right. of a performance of a character. Yeah. Like it's creativity in so many lanes. Yeah, and I think people because of its mainstream success, we're seeing a lot of younger audiences understand like, "Oh my gosh, I feel connected to this." And a lot of adults that didn't grow up around that mentality of it being mainstream, whereas it was more of like, this is a nightclub act or this Mm -hmm. is like something we don't talk about. There is such a divide that we have to cross now because we are in an era of the digital age. Things are very accessible with TikTok, Mm -hmm. with YouTube, with Twitter, Mm -hmm. with any social media. So kids are going to see drag. And they see it on a daily basis when they go see a musical theater show. They Mm -hmm. go when they're going to watch like a birthday party and people dress up as Elsa and all these people that, you know, it's something. Girl, when they're watching Disney, every single villain is in drag. Every single villain's in drag and every single princess gets turned into a drag queen. Let's be real. R.I.P. Pat Carroll. Yeah, I know, which I was like. like, Ursula Ursula was a drag queen. On Divine. Divine. Drag queen. And, you know, I mean, and it is a, it is a tradition that goes back, I mean... You, that goes back forever. Forever. I mean, you think about, like, Flip Wilson and yeah. Geraldine. Yes. Uh, Day Medna. Yes. Well, you also think Some about... Some like it hot. Like, yeah, these you, are, you think about that, but you also think about Shakespeare. All men played women parts. Exactly. In the play, because it was all a men thing. Ooh, I love stage So, beauty. yeah, and, and the thing... <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you think about, like, all this stuff that comes from drag and, yeah. like, the eras that we so much revere... <laughs> like the 20s and 30s and 40s. But we always like to say, oh, well, that's not. But I'm like, but you're okay with it if it's in this case. Right. There's a double standard we're not. Even, I mean, oh, God, I hope I'm not wrong. That's the thing. You can't make sense out of nonsense. Even Kabuki, right? Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kabuki theater. Kabuki theater is usually male dominant, um, and they perform in feminine presentation. Mm -hmm. And my partner, you know, has a degree in Japanese and all that stuff. So he, he's very fervent about it too. Cause he was actually, when we first met, he was in the minds of like, I really don't like drag. I don't get it. And when he saw me perform and I kind of brought him into it, he was like, okay, he's very much into it now. Mm-hmm. He still doesn't like, it's my how favorite into, thing. How into it is he? I mean, like he's not in drag or anything. <laughs> no. And we'd never that, but like, he'll watch drag race with me. He'll get excited at shows. Yeah. He'll be like, Oh my God, that's sickening bitch. Which is so funny coming out of his mouth. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's very much, you know, it's that kind of like patience we need to have mm-hmm. to change people's minds. Oh, absolutely. Because it, at this end, at this day and age, there are so many more important things to be worried right, about right. than drag queens doing raising money for charity. Right. Well, yeah. and it, it all comes from ignorance. Yeah, and it I, does. I actually yeah. I said this in an earlier podcast that um, I had seen a clip of Billy Porter on the View. Yeah, and um, they had asked uh, the, the host had asked Billy what like their thoughts were. On, on all of this that's happening. Yeah. And Billy Porter was just like, look, they're reacting because the change has already happened. Right. Right. 100%. The change has happened. Like, this is not new. This is not starting. The change is already here. Right. You're just now seeing it because you've been too, your blinders are up. Right. And now that they've been opened a little bit, you're like, wait, my peripheral vision is well, filled with all this. And also because... You've gotten a win with Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Oh, God. You've been given an inch. Yeah. Now you want to take the mile. And they want to take all of it. And that's the thing that we as a queer community need to remember that, like, yes, we are entertainers. Yes, we are performers. Yes, we are doing things we love. But we do have a platform, no matter how small it is, to be able to say, hey, like, this isn't right. 
and this is this is what we need to fight for. And there's a lineage yeah. to activism. There is. There one hundred percent Stonewall alone. It's like we think <laughs> it, it. It didn't end with gay marriage. No. No. I mean, it, it's still there. We yeah. still yeah. the fight is still there. That that's like with pride. Like we, it was so tough with Roe v. Wade happening literally right. like days before Pride. Right. And it was like how. How do we do both? How do we, how do we, how do two things exist at once? Cause that's mm-hmm. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And as a teacher, that was my whole thing of teaching kids is two things can exist at once. Right. Right. Being able to say, you know, yes, it's Pride Month. We're going to take this day to celebrate mm-hmm. and we're going to do it unabashedly. Yeah. We're going to love on each other. We're going to celebrate. We're going to stand up together. Yeah. Because here's the thing the fight is ahead of us. The fight is ahead of us. Again. And again. again. As always. It's yeah. coming. Yeah. We have to be ready. Yeah. And we need to be rested and strong together to mm-hmm. do it. And I think... Two things can exist at once. Yes. I think that's a very important thing to say because I feel like in the community, from what I've experienced in the past, like, six years of being here almost, um, there is kind of a... There is kind of a big, like, gap between, like, the people that are doing drag. And don't get me wrong. If you want to do drag and you just want to make money and have a good time, be on Drag Race, beautiful. Do it. Like, do your thing. But there is still a service we have to as queer people to be able to understand and recognize our history, our Mm -hmm. past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. And when I see a lot of newer entertainers kind of just blind to it, it's one of those things I'm like, you realize what's going on right now. Right. And why I bring up the things I do. And, you know, I'm at shows now. I even bring up stuff and I'm like, I don't care if you're uncomfortable. Like, we can have fun all day. We can do that. But I'm going to bring it up because we can't just be like, oh, it didn't happen. It's just like whole Black Lives Matter thing during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, I was doing digital drag and I did a whole Black Girl Magic show mm-hmm. and we raised money for BLM. And right. people were like, well, you know, it's just going to go away. I'm like, it's never going to go away. It has never gone no, away. No, right. it's and not going anywhere. It's not right. going anywhere. And it won't until we can. Right. And and, yeah. and drag is that kind of like, fuck you to the patriarchy. Yeah. Fuck you to like the gender norms. Yes. Fuck you to all of this stuff. I mean, inherently drag is a point of activism. It is. And, um, you know, it, it is, it is something that is a powerful platform yeah. to be able to express yourself, but also, um, educate, but also you get the word out. You got to so, get the word and out. And I think we I, I think in the last several years, maybe even in the last decade, yeah. Um I think we as a queer community have kind of gotten complacent yeah. in these things. And I think just also as probably like a liberal community, um have gotten complacent in these things that we've gotten and now we have to fight to keep we have to fight to keep it it's it doesn't stop after there it's basically like you're paying off a loan right you get the loan you get approved for it you get to you're so excited to go buy the things you want to do yeah. and be free to do it you got but the you house to, but now you got to be able to you, maintain you it. still got to yeah. maintain it you still got to pay the mortgage because at the end of the day you know until that's paid off and we feel like we're debt free we can't be debt free yeah and the debt that we have as a queer community is this idea that we are still not where we need to be. Oh, girl, right. I love that analogy. Right? That is fantastic. Yeah. I came I up that. with it just now. I was going to say, I was like, have you used that analogy before? No. That was great. She's also really good at improv. Well, yeah. It's just, <laughs> so to, to, to just kind of like add on to that too is like, I, when I host, that's why I have so much fun doing it because I feel like I can talk about things. I can, okay, I can make I have it very, a thing. I want to yeah. ask a question yeah. about you hosting in Yeah. Earth because... We see drag shows. They're popping up everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's got a drag show. Everyone Which has I'm a drag show. I'm happy 
drag queens are getting work. <laughs> yeah. Put drag queens to work. Yes. yes. We get, need to give to go, them the coins. We need to, now that we're on the other side of July. Yeah, now that we we've should, slept. Now that we've slept, we should, we need to go. You should yeah. come to the show. Yeah. 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 Um, so then my question is, mm-hmm. in Fort Worth, because we are in a very specific city. Yes. With very specific challenges mm-hmm. and very specific whatever. Um, going up there and hosting. Yeah. And you're hosting in a different spaces all over town. All not over. just gay bars. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Deep And like you said, Woo! like being able to express those things, yeah. inform and educate. How has your reception been? Because that's... And again, this isn't my, yeah. my, probably really isn't my place, but it's a thought I have. Yeah. Is these drag queens doing uh, these shows all over Fort Worth and all these straight spaces? I am always worried, you know, are these owners, are these spectators honoring these queens? Are they treating them yeah. right? That's a good question. You know? Yeah. And so I, I just want to know, like, as the performer, as the person who is hosting and sharing these things, are you. Are you seeing that welcoming? Are you feeling any of that pushback when you... I mean, you know, I mean, in some of these spaces in Fort Worth, you know your clients, yeah. your customers are not... Some of Not all of them are queer-friendly. No, You're no. The show. Yeah, they're there not to see Not even some of the queer people are queer-friendly. Don't even get me started We're with Dallas. We're not going there today. Um, so, <laughs> so, That'll be for Salem's next that'll episode. That'll be for the next yes. episode. We'll talk all about that. Um, but no, I think it's a mix uh, when it comes to the audience response because they don't know what to think. You know, some people, you have three different types I always say. is You have the people that come to the show because it was happening and they want to show and they want to forget for a bit. Then you have the people that know what they're getting into but don't know how the show is going to run. So they kind of just roll with the punches easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the people who know exactly what they're getting into and they're like, oh, I know Salem. I know what she's going to yeah, be. Hands whatever. Up, right. in. Everything. Right. They know exactly. Mm-hmm. And they're telling their friends to come with them. Yeah. And I think what happens is um, there's a difference. And I, I owe a lot to my drag mother, Kiana, and a bunch of other people who've taught me my hosting, you know, prowess. Um, there is a way to stand your ground while also being respectful to the audience and the people that you're performing for. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of time for entertainers that host don't know how to be the respectful part. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think people are more receptive to your ideals and the things you want to talk about and the, the, the issues at hand when you are going at it from a perspective of like, I want to respectfully ask you, invite you into my space. Mm-hmm. And now that you're in my space, we're going to talk about the things that are in my space. Mm-hmm. And if you're not okay with that, that's fine. You can leave, you can go do another show and that's wonderful. But I always look at it from a perspective of like, I welcome you in, you are free to leave anytime. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. is not being rude. That's not being disrespectful. That's being an honest, you know, a honest host, someone that can see like, and understand boundaries. Because sometimes people just go and blindside you with it and they're like, yeah, this political thing. And everyone's like, oh, I was just playing bingo. Um, that part. You know, and yeah. then, but there's sometimes, you know, you get into it. Like, I just want to say, like, now that I have your ears and maybe you don't know about this. Well, and when it's something, yeah. it's when, when shit's happening every day. Yeah. And you still got a, you still got a gig at 7 p.m. I, yeah. Literally. Yeah. You know, literally. We were talking, we had, uh, we had an episode where we were just talking about how, how tiring it is just to live every single day with everything that is happening. It's awful. As like you feel just it's too much. It's pressure. And then and yeah. then for you then if you if you're feeling the exact same way that we are doing, yeah. then you have to go and host mm-hmm. and work through these emotions as well as a host. Well, it's fuel. You know, it's it's fuel to get you through the show, but it's also fuel to let you vent. 
and yeah. you vent in a healthy way. And if you're really creative with it and you have that, that easy, like turn, you know, make laughter, but also not like shed too much light on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you're good at that, then it becomes a very therapeutic thing for you. Um, well, you, like you said, I think that's great. You know, like you said, you're you're inviting them into the space. You're free to leave. Yeah. You know, and owners and owners and managers and bar managers and stuff like that. They don't care because they they support it. I tell them straight up. I'm like, this is how I do things. Mm-hmm. And when they see the show and they see all the people that are enjoying themselves and they don't see people like all getting up and leaving, they're like, you know what? It's cool. And I've been very fortunate with the bars I've worked with, even in like Deep Ellum, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> where I'm walking to my car being like, this is the night I get shot. Deep uh, Ellum is so wild. It now. is. It like, is. There was a time uh, 10 years ago. Yeah. And even five where yeah. Deep Ellum was like 10 years ago it was like there was like a few bars. Yeah. Five years ago, it was popping. It was cute. Now it's crazy. You can't drive through Deep Ellum on the weekend. No. You cannot Tw- drive. There are so many bodies That's why my show's on, on Thursday night. the street <laughs> that you can't drive through. 20 years ago, it was scary. Yeah. Tw- 20 years ago, I'm it sure was it was. <laughs> Besides Lizard Lounge. <laughs> uh, which is probably where I went. Well, I'll tell you, like, now, like, with... It reminds me of Reno, and that's why I feel comfortable there, because mm-hmm. Reno is the same dumpster fire. Um, <laughs> so it is. It is. It's a very, very scary place to live in, even though it's like, yeah, it's like I Nevada. I always think of yeah. Willem when I think about Reno. With the cigarettes and <laughs> sequins. Yes! Yeah. I, I say that joke all the time. She's like, and I'm so nobody glad lives you get in it. Reno unless you, you eat cigarettes for breakfast yeah, and wear sequins like, during the day. Unless you wear rhinestones and you eat cigarettes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's true, and that's why I found it so funny, and I thought about it. I'm like, when I'm in Deep Ellum, I literally think I'm in downtown Reno. Reno. And I was just there for Pride. They had me headlining Pride in Reno. Oh, hell um, yeah. Which bitch. was fun. When yeah, I was with girl. Derek Barry and of one other one other entertainer. And I was like, I'm a headliner with Derek Barry in Reno. And it was I, they had me perform 30 minutes straight. <laughs> I did three costume changes and three wig changes. What was your show? 30 it, minutes? It, 30 minutes straight. What the fuck? In the sun at an outdoor amphitheater in Reno, Nevada. So it was about 100 degrees, but dry heat. So it wasn't humid and wet. Oh, well, Still, yeah. That's 30 I sang, minutes. I sang for 30 minutes straight and danced my ass off. Good for so you. So I did the number we did at Trinity Pride. Yeah. And uh-huh. then I did a... Kitty cat, kitty cat. Yeah. Meow, meow, meow. And they loved that. And then I went backstage and changed in three minutes to my, I don't know if you've seen my big Freddie Mercury outfit, the yellow one. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's like yes. a big puffy shoulders and you like. Sh- well, you showed me in yes. your place. So that one, uh, I wore that and sang an eight minute, nine minute Queen medley. And then. Ooh, girl, yeah. I want to hear you sing Queen. Oh, I, I, it's a lot and it's I fun. I can imagine. Um, and then I went backstage and changed again and then put on this huge white fringe outfit with like rhinestones and did my original song Spotlight. Okay. Um, and. It was really cool, and I was a headliner for Pride, and they're talking about bringing me back Hell next yeah. year. I love um, that. But it was like a whirlwind Schnapps. because it went from I was also just recently in the musical Heather's. Yes, um, as the lead in that. Where uh, in uh, Denton? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with uh, I did Blue not Firebox know that. Theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one weekend, and I was Veronica. So uh, the review just came out today, and they said that I did an amazing job, and I was like, Oh, yeah, thank you, of God. course you did, girl. Um, so, yeah. because she's a professional. <laughs> because yes. she's a professional, she does the musical theater. Any just, any any musical theater roles that you're like that you're dying to you're play. dying to do so <laughs> so i really badly was looking forward to auditioning for kinky boots of town players <gasps> which my boyfriend was in yeah, oh really yes, yes. he was, played he played mr price oh my gosh mr price i love it well it's funny too um i mean jada is one of my bestest closest people that i love to death i host with her over at woody's sometimes okay. and she i knew she was gonna be lola you know, and so 
I was ready to audition. And because of my voiceover stuff, I do convention appearances all the time. And I had two convention appearances during the run of the show. And so I said, I can't audition. And I remember getting a phone call from a couple people. Then Jada messaged me saying, what is this about? I hear you not auditioning for Kinky Boots. Oh. And I was like, look, you know much as me how much Lola is a dream role of mine. Uh -huh. And uh, being a thick-figured Lola would be iconic. Um, iconic. Right? Yeah. And, and, uh, and she was like, you would have killed it. And I'm like, but you're like Jada. And like I knew from the jump. Like, if it wasn't going to be me, it was going to be Jada. Mm -hmm. And she did a phenomenal job. Phenomenal. Yes. Phenomenal oh, job. So you did see it. I didn't get to see it. I heard uh, clips and I heard all the reviews, but oh, I already girl, knew. we saw it. I didn't she have saw to see it. it a few times. I, I saw it even, three times. I didn't even have to see it to know because I knew. Because it's Jada. Well, it's she's such a consummate professional on top of that, but like her voice. Because she and I used to host the live singing drag show, okay. um, the one I was used to host all the time. And so we would take turns singing stuff. And I heard her saying, I'm here from Color Purple. What? Yeah. Oh, if you have wow. not heard Jada Pinkett wow. Fox literally sing what? I'm Here, it is the most amazing thing. And then her and I sang For Good from Wicked together. Yes. And that was Will iconic. Will you please make this review happen again? I'm going to make it happen you, again. Okay, so next time that you host with Jada, yes. can you let me know? Yes. We'll go, but I want to bring my boyfriend too. Yes. Because he loves Jada. Yeah. Said that Jada, mm -hmm. what was the nicest, and actually I believe... Um, was uh, got to know Jada a little bit yeah. during the process and just has... No so my boyfriend also um, took a break from acting. Okay. Um, like it's something that he used to do. Uh, at, he used to work for the church and so he used to mm -hmm. sing a lot and do things. So he was auditioning and, and getting plays, <clears throat> uh, musicals around the area like he did. Mm -hmm. uh, he played... And Joel Russ and Angelos. He was Emmett in Legally Blonde, the oh. musical, and Denton, I think he did. Oh, and Legally Blonde was in Denton, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I believe. Uh, I know that he did The Drowsy Chaperone oh my twice God, I love at that show. Firehouse. Firehouse, yeah. Um, he was one of the, uh, I believe each time he did it, he played one of the Baker brothers. The, ga the gangsters. The yeah. gangsters. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so he's done a lot and he took some time um, and, and, Kinky Boots was the first thing that he's auditioned for in, in probably like five years. Well, that was the kind of the similar situation with Heather's. Um, I auditioned for Newsies with Theater Denton before the pandemic and had a bad experience. Uh, and so I said, I'm taking a break from theater for a bit because I was, mm -hmm. when I first moved here, I did 17 shows. Okay. Back to back. Jesus. Like once I was in a, one show open, I was already rehearsing for another. One, it closed, opened another one, another rehearsal. Yeah. Like I, one summer alone, like in the span of three months, I did 10 of those shows. Mm -hmm. And so, Newsies was like my 18th show and I was like, I need to stop. And so then I was like, okay, I'm ready. I took a year off and then obviously, uh, you know. Right. Pandemic Lovato. Right. Um, yep. And so I was like, cool. Like, I guess I'm just going to not do theater for a while. Mm -hmm. And Heather's was the first thing back and uh, I choreographed the show and, and then did, got the lead. Did you do it as Salem? Yes. As Salem as Veronica? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I uh, I choreographed the show. If you look at the credits, I choreographed the show under Kiba. Okay. And then um, uh, I was Salem as Veronica. Okay. So I had to get in full Salem drag, but like even more toned back. Yep. And uh, then played Veronica. And the, the critic had talked about how like I had a very big blazer to fill because, you mm -hmm. know, Winona Ryder, Barrett Wilbert Reed, who originated on, broad on Off-Broadway, and all the iterations of it, it's a very iconic role. Yeah. And it's a dream of mine. And as a queer black person who mm -hmm. identifies as male, um, 
playing that role is not something that I would ever do. Mm-hmm. And so getting the opportunity to do it in drag and like in the original key. Yeah. Like, no, like I did it and people were like, oh my gosh, you were my favorite Veronica I've ever seen. And Whoa, I was like, oh, thank yeah, you. Bitch. And I, I did that as dra- in drag and uh, I did two shows. Flew to Reno at six in the morning, did Pride, flew back at five in the morning and did the closing show on Sunday. Wow. Yeah. I didn't sleep for like three what? days. She is a professional. I said, well, they told me they're like, can you like, do you need an understudy? I was like, probably for Saturday because it's Pride. But like, I will be there for Sunday. And I yeah. booked the flights and literally was back at like four God o'clock. Damn. Wow. Here's, I'm here's, so glad your flights were on time. So here, no. So here's what happened. <laughs> oh, no. So, so no joke. Uh, I ended up, my flight got delayed three hours. Oh. So I didn't get home until about five. And the call time was at 6.30. Okay. So I had to drive from Dallas Love Field to Fort Worth to take a shower and like get all my stuff like out of whatever. Then we, I drove all the way to Denton, which was another 45 minute drive. I got there. About, I, I got there at 6.30, right when I was supposed to be called. And I went backstage, I started putting makeup on. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, went on stage at 7.30. And I was ready to go. Mike checking everything, running on two Red Bull, and a prayer. Yeah, and then I had a I had sips and quips the night after. So wow, I I'm I run on a lot of uh energy drinks and prayer. Yeah, that's what I do. That is what when that's I, what Roger runs on too. Yeah, when I would do events in New <laughs> York, yeah, uh-huh. literally it'd be like everyone be like, "You doing okay?" I'm like, "I knew in my head, yeah, we're gonna yeah, be fine. This event's gonna be fine." But it was always like Red Bull and a prayer. Well, and I think a lot of people don't know that about me. Like they see that I'm a workhorse, yes. But like a lot of people like to jump to the conclusion just because I'm so, how do I put this? They see my trajectory going really fast. And a lot of people don't understand that. And I talked about this briefly, yeah. kind of like when we were recording stuff for Trinity, um, that there's a lot of people out there that don't think that like they want to, knock me down a peg or do whatever. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, my thing is, is like, I do this all with the most humility and like grateful, like every opportunity I get is like a grateful opportunity. And I don't take any of it for granted. And, um, I work really hard for what I do. Mm -hmm. And yes, I've only been doing drag for, you know, six years comparatively to some of these Queens who've done it for 20 and feel like that I shouldn't be where I am, but I'm doing more than they are or hosting that more. entitlement Th- wears yes. me the fuck out. But also like you, um, you're also a trained performer. Yes. So there's a discipline there. There is. And that's where it comes from. I, I, I've, and the, the, the discipline actually comes from my dance background. I've been dancing since I was 10. I was in the studio. So like ballet, jazz, tap, and there's such a discipline to all these styles, being in a company, being in a studio and understanding like, you know, we're here to do a job and then acting as well. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that like I go everywhere I go, I come professional. I'm on time. I'm early. Like, you know, coming here, I was like 15 minutes early right? because I don't, but we can, we can attest to your humility, but we can also attest to, um, your work ethic. Yeah. Because we've done things with you. We've done several things with you now. Mm Um, I literally, you were like my idea for light up the runway. I was like, I want Salem. Yeah. And, and, and I literally told Amphibian, I'm like, this is what I want. And they were like, we trust you. I'm like, and I knew because it was like, I know how you work. Mm-hmm. I know how it is. That's why we wanted you on here. It's yeah. just like, it, it is that thing. And like, and people see that. Yeah. And people see that and want to work with that. Yeah. And that's why, that's what I think it is too, is that there is such a divide. Like, People think that I'm like the same age as a lot of these other queens that are Mm -hmm. doing well. I'm like, I'm not. I'm almost 30. And I'm like, 
y'all are still like on the early 20s side of things, right. like jumping into the bar, going in, performing, doing your little gig, you know, do your, do you. I love y'all. I respect your Absolutely. art. Absolutely. Well, and people who assume things about you, they see you right. at the gig and they're like, oh, this is your little gig. And you're yeah. like, no, bitch, right. I got four more Legit, gigs tomorrow. You have yeah. been a, a, a voice actor for 10 fucking years. years. Literally. And on top of that, like, I, you know, when people at the Rose Room that on the Rose Room cast give me opportunities and people see me, they're like, well, how did you get that? And I'm like, I was asked. I don't know what else to tell you. You know, I was very fortunate for a couple well, things. You were asked, yeah. but you also, you, you are, I feel like you're creating the opportunities for yourself yeah. because you are putting yourself out I there. Am. Even if you weren't going to the Rose Room and asking to be there, no. you were in performing in five different bars yeah. every week. People mm -hmm. see and people, people watch. It. And people watch and people are like, I want to know more about that. And then they talk and they're like, is this person good to work with? And that's where it comes from, you know? Like, for example, I was very fortunate to host an event for Bear Dance uh, at the Rose Room. Like, yeah. I got to host on the Rose Room stage Cute. for Alyssa Edwards. Mm -hmm. And it was like this whole meet and greet event. And they picked me Cute. out of everybody yeah. they could have picked. And I felt so imposter syndrome. Like, I'm literally, like, nobody in my opinion. And so, but the, for them to pick me, I was like, thank you. And I'm going to do my best. And even, like, Cassie Nova, who I adore, um, she reached out to me and she's like, hey, I have this gig that they're looking for a singer. Like, do you want it? And I got to perform at the factory in Deep Ellum for this touring. Uh -huh. Yeah, for this touring, uh, like, Love It or Leave It is like a podcast. I guess they record across the country. Uh, uh, John Lovett. Yeah, yeah. So I got to- From oh, Pod, um, John yeah. Lovett was one uh, on, in the Obama, yep. was one of the Obama speechwriters, right? Yep. Uh, Pod Save America. Yep. John Lovett, who's, who's got, engaged to Ronan so, Farrow. Yes, yes. So he went to the... You uh, guys performed at the factory? So what happened was, I didn't know what the event was. She, Cassie was like, it's this much money, it's this, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, like, sure, I'm, sure, I'm singing, whatever. And they emailed me, it was their whole, like, touring team was like, hey, like, this is the budget, we'll, like, can you, we'll give you a parody lyric. They wanted me to open the show, mm -hmm. the tour. And so when I got there, they were like, we have private parking for you. And I was like, okay, this is cute. You know, cute, whatever. This is real cute. And when I walked in, I was like, okay, this is like a concert venue. I'm used had to- Had you been to the back? No, I never have. But um, when I was in a band in Reno, like very similar location. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, this is definitely a concert venue. And I was like, this is a big event. Like, what am I getting myself into? And they brought me upstairs and I had my own dressing room with my name on the door. Mm. Ah, I, was, I love that. I, I, and like full, like everything in there. And like there's, they had a fridge, like with snacks and drinks and like even a whole bottle of Jack Daniels for me. And I walked in and I was like, oh, they're like, yeah, so just chill. Like we'll do sound check in 30. Do you need anything from us? And I was like, uh, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> and it was like, I got to sing this parody version of uh, I Won't Say I'm In Love from Hercules. Uh, yeah. I, and I got to watch the show and it was like a sold out event. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, I opened for Love It or Leave It uh, when they were here and That's perform at the so factory. fucking cool. Nice. Yeah, it was kind of uh, ridiculous. And so Cassie Nova, I really appreciate her. She gave me that opportunity. And I was like, there's, there's a lot of people that are gonna be like, how is this happening with them? Yeah. And yeah. I, I get it. I still hear it. And it, it does hurt sometimes because it comes from people that I really look up to or whatever. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm doing something right. If people are talking about me, here's the so, thing, but you're doing no matter what you do. <laughs> yeah. Someone's going to have some bullshit. It, exactly. And if you're trying, uh, one thing I've had internalized with my imposter syndrome is 
uh, you're not going to make everybody happy. And no. if you try to make everybody happy, you're going to exhaust yourself. Exactly. So it's if a- you're on board for the fantasy, if you're on board with this, hell yeah, let's talk about it. You got input, let's hear it. But if you're just here to bring it down. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's what we experience with Trinity Pride. Yeah. A valid 100%. It's what we experience with Trinity Pride. It's what we experience with this podcast. Yeah. Um, it's what happens. And I think it comes down to an insecurity. And I think it comes down to this idea of like how, and I want to know the secrets, but there's so much like pride there mm-hmm. that there's not a conversation to be had rather than. No, it's not a coming up to you and being yeah. like, Hey, how did you do this? Yeah. I really am proud of you or I'm really yeah. impressed. Yeah. Like what's your story? Whatever. Yeah. It's let me say something slick to someone over here. Yeah. And yeah. then be like, that's not true. And that's what I love is that there's enough people being like, that's what are you trying to do here? And then yeah. they're like, oh, I thought you were and like, no, you understand. Salem's boss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, uh, there's there was a quote. I'm going to butcher it terribly, but um, <laughs> there was a quote that was like, if you don't have anybody going against you, if you don't have any haters, mm-hmm. then you're not being honest. Right. Because mm-hmm. the way humans are set up, honesty and truth are always going to rub someone wrong. Yeah, for sure. And so if you're not, if you're, if you're making everybody happy and no one's got anything to say about you, then you're not being very authentic. Right. You're not being very truthful. Right. But if you're out there putting your full self out, being your full authentic self, speaking truth to power, then yeah, you're going to have haters. Yeah. Because that makes other people uncomfortable. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Um, Salem Moon. Yeah. I really do think that we've, Kind of, we've, we've, well, we kind of have to reach the end here, but I want you to come back. I want to come back. I need back. you back. Well, I want to come back. I have so much more to say. I know. Yeah, about. So we've just more. like scratched the surface. I know. I know. And um, I am manifesting so many things for you. Um, you know, you have been, in the short time that we've known each other, I've seen you working, 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 work, W O R K I N G and W E R K I N G. All the variations of work. <laughs> All variations of it. And um, don't forget W E R Q. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Work. Be careful. I don't roll the Yeah. And, um, and I'm, I, I just, I, I think it's, careful, you know, Dick. I just think it's, it's, it's great. Like you, I mean, you have all of these hosting gigs and, um, you know, you're acting, you're singing. Um, you know, I think it's so great. Uh, we are supporters of the Salem Moon of the Cuba Walker. Um, well, supporters and thankful. Yeah, thankful that you're part of the vision too. Like that you, when we approached you about Trinity Pride and trying to pull our community together, yeah. we're thankful that you were on board with the vision because, like we just Thank said, you. not everybody is. Yeah, 100%. you know. I mean, it comes down to this. I I always had growing up this mentality pushed into me by my family. And it's the idea of, you know, life is too short to kind of push away and be bigger than everyone else trying to do that. Like always stay humble, stay grateful yeah, and uh, bring people together because you want to work as a community. You want to have a life filled with people you care about and right. see succeeding. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very fortunate to be able to do that and continue doing yeah. that. And you also want to, I, I think all three of us have this this thing as well. You also want to leave a mark on your community. You want to leave a positive thing in your community. You want to create a safe space for your community. And um, it it still like bogs my brain that people don't understand that and get that. Yeah. But that is a conversation for another time. We should 
end with uh with our queer cultural touchstones. Um, Ooh, um queer cultural touchstones. Um, I I would like uh, if I can start. Go for it. I, I would love to start. Um, because we were talking about is it Whitney Page? Yes, yes. Whitney Page. And um, so uh, in terms of knowing, just kind of I guess knowing your history, but also knowing just kind of the people uh before you, like we were talking about, like this is a queen that I did not know, but um. There was there is a queen that I loved in New York, and uh, I recognize that not many people uh, know her as much anymore. But uh, her name was Cashetta. Okay, Cashetta, Mistress of Magic, was was one of her things. But uh, Cashetta used to host around New York City at at the old Therapy Bar, at Splash, at um, all these different things, and I, I loved Cashetta. And uh, for my twenty third birthday, I was like, I I asked her if she would perform on my 23rd birthday. It was the first time I was like, I'm going to have a drag queen perform. I feel like an adult. <laughs> um, and she said, uh, she told me her quote and I went, I-, I can't afford that. And she's like, well, I'm already getting into drag for the day. So why don't you just, uh, and she gave me a, a smaller number that'll cover for this, you know, but like, and I'm like, that's great. She went to the posh bar for my birthday and uh, she sang live Love it. And she sang two songs. One was Big Black Man from uh, Full Monty. From Full Monty. (laughs) Which which is funny because she is just a big white man. Yeah. (laughs) In a wig. Um, uh, (laughs) But, you know, she was like, she asked me if I was getting any loving for my birthday. And I said, well, um, you know. uh, Well, no, what she asked me was, when was the last time I had any loving considering that it was my birthday and I went this afternoon because um, <laughs> I had hooked up with someone. And uh, so she went into Big Black Man. And then she sang another song, which, again, I didn't know what she was going to be singing, but this is one of my favorite songs of all time. She sang Walking in Memphis. Oh, uh, I love that song. Um, and so, yeah, so Cashetta was one of those, like, New York drag queens, um, like Hedda Lettuce. Yeah, Hedda Lettuce. Mm-hmm. I know Hedda. Uh, Hedda Lettuce, Edie. Yep. Um, uh, Coco. Peru was still yeah. around on that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cashetta would end up going uh, to like performing in Rehoboth. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the first time I went to Provincetown, Cashetta had a show there going full on on her Mistress of Magic. So yeah. my ex and I went. She remembered me from my birthday. And ah. so she she was like, I have a trick a little, for you. As a little 23-year-old yep. who couldn't afford her. Yep. She remembered <laughs> me. So she took my... There was a glass of water. She pulled a glass of water, turned it into wine. And she was like, here you go. And gave me like a glass of free glass of wine during her show. I love that. Um, she actually, um, she passed away in her sleep at 44 from a heart attack. Oh my gosh. But it, again, it was one of those things where everyone was just like, whoa. But I, it's, it's again, it's one of those where just like when y'all brought up Winnie Page and like, just, you know, you want to remember these queens that were there, yeah. you know, that, you know remembering the lineage i'm like oh cachetta yeah that is my queer cultural touchstone cachetta the mistress of magic my my cultural touchstone would probably be kinky boots the movie yeah oh Um, yeah the movie because i discovered it in college when i was in the middle of fucking nowhere kansas yeah and my only queer culture was coming from the netflix dvds that came in the mail yes of course I had a bunch of those. <laughs> yeah. A bunch and of those. so I was running through every gay film they had on mm-hmm. Netflix. And I remember when I discovered Kinky Boots and it was in its little Netflix packaging. Kinky Boots. And watched it in my dorm room and was like, what in the British hell? She would tell Edgefor. 
Yeah, as Lola. Yeah, yeah which was yeah. wild. Wild. Yeah. Wild yeah. to think about. His voice? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, everything. That, that fashion show at the end of the movie yes. when, when cutie Joel Edgerton falls yeah. and then uh. starts coming out. In, uh, uh, these boots were made for walking. Um, in these shoes, which is, I love that yeah. song. And then uh, the Cha-Cha Heels, the, that medley. Yeah. yeah. Uh. And, which is actually based on a real story. Really? Cha-Cha Heels? No, Kiki Boots. Yeah. Oh, I Based on a that. real... Real thing. True story. Based on a real thing. It was a uh, more, uh, more, more fetish wear rather yeah. than rather than specifically just... for drag queens. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, my uh, mine. Uh, <laughs> I know this sounds so like more recent, but like um, it just kind of goes to the first time I saw myself as a queer person in like media and pop culture was Adam Lambert, um, yeah. and American Idol. Yeah, and um, I remember as a kid who sang high pitch, had a higher voice and liked rock music and whatever, seeing Adam Lambert on my TV screen was quite incredible. And also Adam Lambert is glam punk. Right. Is glam literally punk, that. But then like to hear your voice, like not well, your voice, but to hear, like you said, theatrical, mm -hmm. like have theater background. And I was like, and I knew like in my, like in my head, I was like, he's probably gay, but like, you know, he's on national TV. And I yeah, really mm -hmm. hadn't had that moment of like, People are voting for him. People like what he's doing. And I'm like, I could be like that. And I remember, um, I remember that he didn't win. And I was really upset because I was like, Ugh. like he got to perform on stage with Queen, my favorite band of all time. Yeah. And now he, you know, fronts the band and he uh -huh. gets to tour around the world. Mm -hmm. And I love, he's one of my idols because he is a very much a story of like theatrical kid, unabashedly, you know, queer did what he did on national TV and like, didn't care. You know, mm -hmm. I remember the episode of American Idol where they were doing country, the, um, Grand Ole Opry or something. Yeah. And he was doing ring of fire and he came in and completely switched the arrangement up. And the guy that was where was like, I don't know. Like I've never seen him where any guy wear eyeliner. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was just at this moment of like, how does people are going to react? And, uh, it was just him taking these classics, like, you know, change is going to come by Sam cook and feeling good you know, from Roar of the Grease Paint and like yeah. all this other stuff. And I was like, I, I look up to this dude and he, you know, made out with a guy on an award show and got, you know, went through this whole cancellation mm -hmm. thing and mm -hmm. his album I still listen to. And I remember when I was uh, driving to Washington with my family, we were going to visit and on the radio, it was talking about like Adam Lambert comes out as, you know, gay and blah, 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 blah. And I remember just being like, okay, the world hasn't ended. Yeah. And people are like, we kind of knew. And that was the only time I bought a Rolling Stone magazine cover was mm. him with the green snakes <gasps> really? and his chest open. And I was like, I felt really like it was like yes. in stores. I was like, I want this because mm -hmm. like, this is who I aspire to be. So I trained a lot of my vocal to like emulate what he does. And yeah. So I, I would say my cultural like queer touchstone is, is Adam Lambert. And I, I know that's that. like super like pop culture, -y, but like, he, no, no, but the, the, listen, yeah. our queer cultural touchstones. My last episode, my queer cultural touchstone was pirate shirts. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be anything. It's whatever has read queer to you yeah. or been a queer and touchstone for you. It's one of those things that just always stuck with me. And I still love the idea of who he is and yeah. what he does. And I mean, everyone loves his share cover now of Believe. And it's yeah. like, mm -hmm. he's just so timeless. I love his voice. And that's who I aspire to be like. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice.
Nice. Thank you for having Salem me. Salem Moon. Thank Salem. you for having me. No, been thank you for coming pleasure. here. I'm like you're welcome. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for gracing us no, with your presence. No, I hope to come back. Yes, you absolutely, absolutely will. So, oh my God, you know how it would be fun to have you and and Jada. I would love. Oh my gosh, we would get drunk. It would be bad. Yeah, it would be a lot. It would be a lot. We'd be talking all the shit. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, um, Salem, tell the folks at home. Or in their car, or wherever they're listening to this, where they can find you. I mean, you can find me on Instagram at Salem Moon Drag, as well as Twitter, which again is a dumpster fire. But if you use it, I'm there eating dinner. <laughs> um, and then uh, you can also find me hosting on Sundays at the end of the month at Red Goose Saloon in downtown Fort Worth for Moonstruck Drag Bingo, which is going to be turning into our live singing show, um, oh. which I'm very excited about. And, and then, live bingos at. Red Goose too? Yes, 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 yes. So that's going to be, those are at 3.30, or sorry, it's now at 7 p.m. Okay. Um, on Sunday nights. So that's going to be fun. Um, and then uh, you can also see me at brunch uh, on Saturdays at Red Goose Saloon with Drag With Me The Show. Um, I'm also at Deep Ellum uh, Shot Topic for Drag American Rejects on Thursday nights every other week. Um, just look for the flyer. And also... Anywhere you can see me, I'll be all over. You can hear me on Netflix. Oh, all yeah, places. I see you and, all over for And Worker. people can listen to your album... On all streaming platforms. And you can look up Rough on iTunes, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, YouTube. Um, I'm actually working on my second album right now. Yes, yes which we can we can talk about it on another episode. Yes. Yeah, on your promo tour. On my promo tour, because I plan on doing uh some some fun stuff with that album because I didn't get to during the pandemic for Rough. So okay. um yeah, I'm very excited about that. So yeah. Awesome. Oh, I Great. can't wait. Yay. <laughs> well, and everyone. Uh, you can go rate and review Queer Context on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, and follow us on Instagram at Q U at Queer Context Q U E E R C O N T X T. Thank y'all. Yeah. Cheers. 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 Bye. <laughs> Bye.